This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 7th, 2024. Holy Hope. Well, good morning. Good morning. morning. Isn't this just a great day to be part of God's creation? Amen? Amen. So, uh, it's the first Sunday of the new year, right? Last, last week it was the 31st, so the first Sunday of the new year. This month we're going to be spelling hope. H-O-P-E, today our first letter is H, and we're going to be fo- focusing on being holy. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow, what a week we've had. Dodged it for four years and it finally got us, but we're doing great. We want to say thank you so much to Stephanie for stepping in last week. We were so blessed by uh, what you shared, and um, it was just really, really good stuff. Thank you. We are incredibly blessed by a lot of different people who can share God's word, and um, it's, it's awesome. Uh, thank you for your prayers. Uh, We are at the end of it, but, you know, I'm still going to do this until we're done with today because we're around a lot of people, and, whew, okay. Um, God of the turnaround. That was, I really like the way you just said that, Stephanie. We do worship the God of the turnaround. And as we talk about hope in our hope series, just remember that that is who God is. God can turn our lives around. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made. It's a day that we get to be a part of it. And um, there's so much out there for us to experience, for us to do in your name. Lord, may our lives reflect you, and may we always give you the honor and the glory Settle us in as we talk about hope and holiness. Thank you for gathering us here today and those online. Settle us in so that we might hear exactly what you want us to hear. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever heard this before? It was the best of times and the worst of times. Who said that? Yeah, yeah, Charles Dickens, that's right. And that was in his book, A Tale of Two Cities. Do you know when it was written? A long time ago, that's right. It was written in 1859. I mean, that could have been written yesterday, right? It was the best of times and the worst of times. What's that, Kyle? 2020, you're right, exactly. You know, this was a historical novel, and it was set in Paris and London during the French Revolution. And funny how things change, and then they stay the same at the same time. Mm. So think about the last 100 years or so. Think about how things were when my mother was born in 1922, and how they are today, how much change took place in that 100-year period, how, how things have changed and improved in that period. When she was on the farm, it was a whole different story than, than it is today. The standard of living in this country has generally been on the rise in the last 100 years. The 
the best of times, and yet the worst of times, beginning with World War I. The war to end all wars, that's what they said, because it was a, difficult to imagine a bloodier global conflict, that is, until 20 years later. <laughs> and we had World War II, where 50 million people died, 50 million in that one war. In between, we had the Great Depression, you know, worldwide economic disaster. And then in the 50s, we had the Korean conflict, the 60s, Vietnam, the 70s, Cambodia, Grenada in the 80s, in the 90s, the Persian Gulf and Kosovo. Starting in 2000, we had 20 years of war in Afghanistan. And we currently have a ringside seat to Russia and uh, battling Ukraine and Israel at war with Hamas. Yeah. In 2007, we had the most severe economic crisis since the Great Depression. And New Year's Day marked four years of COVID. A pandemic the likes of which we hadn't seen since the Spanish flu a hundred years before. And those are just the majors. <laughs> those are just the high points, the headlines, the worldwide attention getters. What about all the local stuff causing stress, worry, and heartbreak? What about that stuff right here, right now, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in the church, in your family? And so in the midst of all these challenges, the question is, where's the hope? Where is the hope? Well, the answer to that question really def depends on how you define hope how you define hope. Many look to the word hope and what it means through the world's eyes. If we look in the dictionary, the Cambridge Dictionary, it says it defines hope as uh, simply a wanting something to happen, or may it be true, it, it's this, this deep want, usually having a good reason, thinking that it might. And there's, there's the operative word, something might happen. Wishes and hopes are kind of, uh, they are interchangeable. I hope it happens. I, I wish it would happen. Well, based on what? Based on dreams? Based on my own desires? If we look at Webster Dictionary, uh, Webster tells us this kind of hope implies little certainty. You know, we seem to be confident and sure about something with little certainty. Hmm. So this kind of hope is based on feelings. Well, you know how feelings go, up one day, down the next, and everything in between. We cannot count on feelings. This hope at times when we base it on the world and these definitions, hope seems pretty hopeless, wouldn't you say? Hmm. So where do we turn if hope is so hopeless? Maybe we need to consider a different kind of hope. Maybe a biblical hope, what we call a Christian hope. This type of hope it is completely different than what Carrie was describing. While secular hope focuses on wishing, Christian hope focuses on the confident expectation. 
Say expectation. 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 The confident expectation uh, of what God has promised and, and its strength is in his faithfulness. Let me say that again. While secular hope promise focuses on wishing, Christian hope focuses on the confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength is in his faithfulness. In, in other words, we're confident in our hope because we are confident in our God. It's that simple. It's that simple. Confident in our hope because we are confident in God. Based on what God has done in the past, we expect God to be the same in the future. In the New Testament, we find this kind of hope. Uh, Peter, who was one of Jesus' disciples, he wrote a book in, you know, 1 Peter in the New Testament, and he wrote this book to offer hope and encouragement to Christians who were suffering. You know, Jesus was, you know, walked the earth and, and was crucified. He rose to be with his Father in heaven. And then there's all these years, you know, the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years where it was a very um, tough place to be a Christian. There was lots of persecution. They were not liked. And so First Peter is written for this audience. And it, it's not the kind of hope that we spoke of, you know, this wish-filled wish hope, but a hope in the Lord, in Jesus. And he wrote this to help build up those early first Christians. That Roman world where the Christians were persecuted, um, you know, Caesar was determined to get rid of the Christians. And so he wrote this to say, be encouraged, hold tight. There is a hope that we can't see. It's a hope in the one who went before us. Mm -hmm. And Peter himself was not a stranger to persecution. He'd been beaten and jailed on numerous occasions. He had seen Christians put to death, and as a result, many dispersed to foreign countries, to different places. Peter, the one who dared to step out of the boat onto the water, the one who vacillated in his faith, was at, at a point where he was so certain of who Jesus was that nothing could shake his confidence at this point. You know, even though he bailed on Jesus. <laughs> I do not know him. As Jesus was heading to the cross at this point, he is rock solid. Nothing's going to turn him away. So he wrote to the believers who were scattered and suffering for the faith to offer comfort, and here's that word, hope, and to encourage continued loyalty to Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his, say the words, great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, 
who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various mm. trial. Mm. And pay attention to the underlying word here, great mercy, resurrection, inheritance. See, Peter starts off by speaking of God's great mercy. Mercy, getting what we don't deserve. Mercy. We deserve death and damnation, but instead we're born again. Born again to a living hope, a living assurance, a living promise, a living expectation. Living as the resurrected Christ is living. We are heirs adopted as children crying, Abba, Daddy. Peter shares in the scripture about our inheritance. Our inheritance, which is, scripture says, Peter says, imperishable. That's a big word imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. We can't change our inheritance. It is there. It's not going to change no matter what. It's a lock. It's locked away like in this safety deposit box. The key is thrown away. Only God has the key. And where is it kept? Where is the safety deposit box kept? Your inheritance? It's kept in heaven. Isn't that like a really cool thing to think about? Your inheritance is with Jesus in heaven when we claim Christ as our Savior. Wow. And this inheritance is protected for you by God's power. It's guarded for you through faith. Your salvation is what seals that. The Holy Spirit puts the seal on that. Nobody can take that from you. That's a gift from God. But Peter talks about, you know, there's a here and now, but not yet. And so our ultimate inheritance, yes, we are children of God when we choose, make the decision to believe, but our ultimate inheritance is glory in heaven with God. Oh my gosh, it doesn't get any better than that. And so he says in this scripture, for now, we can rejoice in the waiting. Well, how do I rejoice? Yes, we can rejoice in the waiting, in the future, in the days to come. We're looking ahead for the hope of heaven. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, you know, here on earth, here on earth, now, and in heaven, it's a both and. It's a here and not yet. But it's important to rejoice in the waiting, even though we have challenges, even though we have trials, even though sometimes it might be hard to get ourselves up and out of bed because life seems so closed in on us. We have a hope in Jesus Christ. <laughs> who does get us up, who does keep us going here on earth and in heaven. And the hope that we have as believers is eternity forever with God. And these trials are brief, as challenging as they may be, as painful as they may be, 
Uh, they're, they're brief when compared to what is to come, and that's, as Carrie said, eternity. So, so Peter was talking to the persecuted fellow Christians back 2,000 years ago, but he could just as well be talking to you and me. Just well talking to you and me and other Christians in the right here, right now, present day, couldn't he? Because no matter when we live, whether it's 2,000 years ago or, or today, or somewhere in between, it's, it's, it's not always easy to be a Christ follower, is it? If we're truly following Christ, it's, it's not always easy to live with a God view rather than a secular or cultural view, a worldview. Being a Christian means to be different. Maybe not going along with the flow. Uh, maybe it's speaking out when something is wrong. Maybe it's excusing yourself when conversations go south. <laughs> Maybe it's realizing our brokenness and the brokenness of the world around us and responding with kindness and compassion, with patience and self-control. And it's in our brokenness that we realize our hope, realize our only hope, because our hope is not in ourselves, is it, ever? But our only hope is in Jesus Christ. Continuing on 1 Peter chapter 1, and we go to verses 13 through 16. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Can you repeat that last sentence with me? For the scriptures say... You must be holy because I am holy. So Peter says to put all your hope, all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Gracious salvation that will come. Notice that will. Didn't say may come. Couldn't say could come when will come, when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Not if he is revealed when he is revealed. That's Christian hope. Not secular hope. It's assurances. It's for sures. <laughs> Not maybes. Gracious salvation. Grace. That's that flip side of mercy we talked about earlier. Where mercy is not getting what we deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. <laughs> Unconditional love. <laughs> Unconditional love. We don't for, uh, deserve to be forgiven. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve eternity with God. But through God's gracious salvation, we get what we don't deserve. So this hope we speak of today gives us expectation. It's a readiness. It's, it's a longing. 
it's a looking forward to what's coming when Jesus arrives. This hope is not a maybe. Jesus will, it's a will be. Jesus will come again. And Jesus is our hope. And based on what we've seen, what we've heard, what we know, it's all right here. He will come again. And when that happens, can you just imagine, you know, falling before the Lord in this glory that we see before us? Wow. The late Tim Keller, he's a pastor and an author, he once wrote this. He said, what we believe about the future is the main determining factor in how we experience circumstances now. The way we, what we believe about the future informs our view of our entire life. We don't live as people without hope. Mm. We like the way um, Eugene Peterson paraphrases this section of scripture in, uh, in the book, The Message. Here's how he paraphrases it. He says, so roll up your sleeves and get your head in the game. Be totally ready to receive, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then. <laughs> you do now. <laughs> As obedient children, there's a word we don't like, do we? Obedient, but it's an important word. We're going to be talking about that next week. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled, not pushed. Pull. See the difference between pushing and pulling? Did you ever try to push a, a, a string across a table? It doesn't work, does it? But when you pull the string, it, it very easily follows. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life. A life energetic and blazing with holiness. Say, blazing with holiness. Blazing with holiness. Isn't that an incredible picture? Blazing with holiness. God said, say it with me, I am holy, you be holy. We really like the way Peterson paraphrased this scripture. You know, roll up your sleeves. When I roll up my sleeves, it's like I'm getting ready for work. I'm getting ready to do something where I, I need to you know, stay in the game and I, I need to be focused, I need to be prepared. There's like an expectant, I am getting to work. And so what he's saying is be prepared, be expectant for the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. That we should allow ourselves to be pulled into the way of a life shaped by God's life. Like it's this magnet, our life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. I, when I think about this energetic, a life energetic, how can we be lackluster when we're talking about Jesus? How can we like be downtrodden with our face down when we're believers in Jesus, when we have this hope of heaven, when no matter how bad, how 
horrible things can get. It's not the end of the story. Jesus draws us and calls us and doesn't push us, but desires us to be, you know, move toward him. Have you ever fought against the pull of God? Boy, I have. My call to ministry was like eight years in the making because I'm like, nope, 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 nope. You know, anybody who says I shouldn't be up here, believe me, I didn't want to be up here. But God did. And God made that really clear because nothing else worked. And so, you know, we have this hope. And God says to us, I am holy, you be holy. Holy, set apart, consecrated, for him, of him, that's you, that's me. And how do we live life? We're blazing with holiness. There's just something different. And others who don't know him are kind of drawn toward that. Mm. Praise God. So when Peter says, uh, God said, I am holy, you be holy, he's referencing back to the Old Testament, back to Leviticus, where we read this, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to all the congregation of people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. There was a blog that was written by uh, Pastor Tom Hilbert, and the blog was called Hope Results in Holiness. Hope Results in Holiness. And he shared this this thought that having significant hope changes the way we live. And we've already kind of referenced that. Um, he says that if you have hopes that are different from those around you, you know, those who have kind of a worldly hope, our lives look different. And again, we're talking about this cultural, secular hope versus biblical and Christian hope. And so our passage today Peter tells us that we should expect our hope to be fulfilled. And that leads us to live differently, to behave differently than we did before we had this hope. And you know, we're not so sure that this is so much a, a conscious decision as it is kind of a natural progression as our hope transfers from a worldly hope to Christian hope, we start trusting and relying on God more and more. Our faith becomes more and more central in our lives, and it just kind of feeds on itself. The conscious decision is accepting Jesus. And once we do that, we begin to grow. And we grow in our hope. We trust more. And then we have more faith, and then our hope becomes more Christ-centered, and as our hope gets more and more focused on Jesus, it gets less and less focused on our own desires, and it's this beautiful dance that happens. And Peterson again says in his scripture, as obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. You know, I can't remember a time when I 
didn't know who Jesus was. When I think back, I think of church and Sunday school. I, I was always in church. I, I don't ever not know who Jesus was. Doesn't mean I always live like it, <laughs> but, but he was always there. And so when I went to seminary, you know, some days were a real challenge. I mean, we were both in school. We had four children. We had four churches between us. Um, some days were a real, and, and times I thought it was going to be more than I could handle. Uh, I, I remember like, several times at night, just, Lord, I don't think I can do this. But we made it. Today is 46 years. <laughs> well, I didn't mean we were going to not. I, I know, but, yeah. but there were days when yeah. we wondered how things And that was pushed look. pretty good, too, yeah. Um, uh, I, I, so it was more than I thought sometimes than, than at least I could, but I had hope. I had hope, and it's the hope we talk about today. It's not this secular hope. And with that hope, I had faith, and I trusted, and got ever closer to Christ, and I obediently allowed myself to be pulled by God, as we just talked about, and shaped by God into this energetic life, this life set apart, this consecrated life, blazing with holiness. Uh, that was 25 years ago. I can't believe it, but that's been 25 years and God is still working on me. I still slip. That holiness sometimes doesn't always look <laughs> as set apart as I would hope. Uh, there are times when I don't look that much different than the world, probably blend right in. But each day I'm a little closer, a little closer to the person God had in mind when God first thought of me. Each day my hope is stronger. Each day I'm just a little bit more holy. Yeah, amen. So when yeah. we have this Christian hope, it means that we count on God, even when things don't go the way we want them to go, that we had kind of even hoped for them to go, even when our lives get flipped upside down, and we've all experienced that in pretty big ways. Hope allows us to trust God with everything we've got. And when we trust God like that, we get a little bit of closer to him and then when we get closer to him we begin to reflect the holiness and that hope and holiness really does go hand in hand the more we love him the more we're drawn in the more we reflect jesus a life set apart consecrated for god dedicated to god a life full of joy and full of peace, even in the midst of our crazy lives. This is a, a plaque that hangs in our, um, above our door, and it says, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. So, so many times I'm like, okay, if I can just get through this, or, you know, if this season just gets done and I get to the next season, or just need to get through this month and then it's next. No. We can praise God and we can dance even in those seasons because we have hope. Hope. Mm. God said, I am holy. 
you be holy. Holy, that, that starts with H, first letter of hope. That's the good news, amen? Let's believe it, let's live it. Pray. Most holy God, you are our hope, Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please help us to never forget where our true hope comes from. Please help us to not be caught up in this hope of the world, the maybe, if, could be, someday hope. Help us to ever be focused on the hope that comes with the expectation. And in that hope, please help us to continue to allow you to pull us into holiness. Please help us to know that it's not of us, but it's through you. When we stop saying no and we start giving ourselves over to you, Lord, that you might uh, bring us ever closer to what you had in mind when you first thought of each one of us. We thank you, we praise you, and glorify your holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.